0: Hello and welcome back to the WRC Podcast. As always, I'm Paul Oman. And I'm Jimmy Shee. Today, we want to take our final look at 2020 as we approach
1: the end of the year. So on June 30th of 2020, we released an episode called Recap of 2020 So Far. And I think we pretty accurately predicted that this year was going to be way more eventful than, I mean, at least any other year that I've personally experienced. Or, or maybe it's just we're not taking a approach in a way that we are to this year but either way today we think it's a good time um on december 22nd of 2020 to do a recap of the second half of 2020 so
0: to jump right in on july 4th uh kanye west announced that he was running for president which was um which i didn't believe at first well i kind of believed it because he said it four years ago but Uh, i still
1: didn't believe it yeah (laughs) well in the end
0: um His campaign ran on um, such ideas of supporting the arts, of course, and then other more radical ideas like restoring school prayer. But um, overall, he qualified for ballot access in 12 states and subsequently lost the election. But,
1: But, okay, if you think back at it, though, I would say that's quite a successful campaign in terms of personally. I mean, wouldn't you think how much personal clout he raised? Of Kang I mean, you feel like he's going not so prominent in 2020, but after that presidential campaign, now we're all talking about him and the publicity he got. I don't know. If you get Maybe a little bit of publicity, it. but... What, and he got how many votes? Like 60,000 Yeah, 60,000 in Tennessee.
0: No, that was 60,000 votes overall. Oh, right. <laughs> but, um... Well, Tennessee
1: is not as populated as you would expect. Yeah, out of what? Like 150, <laughs> 160 million people? Um... Nonetheless, it's a successful campaign. I mean, sixty thousand votes. I mean,
0: Success is relative. It, it is relative. <laughs> we'll see. Um, we'll see what that does for him long term.
1: Yeah, but the next event on our list is not so successful. On August fourth, twenty twenty, they, the Beirut explosion in Lebanon, really shocked the world. And when I saw the video, when I first saw the video, it was from a far away apartment, and then how the shock wave didn't arrive after several seconds later, you know, after the scene, it was just quite shocking. Mm -hmm. Um, and that really, you know, with COVID and with already a political, um, instability there in Lebanon, it really just changed the whole scene up. And I remember, I think that's a moment where all of our friends started talking about, you know, Lebanon. I I just don't think we've ever been exposed to it, Mm -hmm. but because of it, even friends that, you know, they're, aren't necessarily engaged in politics. I saw the video on Instagram and really, I think, started paying attention. I th- I mean, it's a, it's a bad thing, but I think the grand scheme of things, it definitely raised awareness for um, what it's like, where the government is not necessarily a stable one.
0: I definitely think the explosion brought a lot of attention to Lebanon, which was a place I, to be totally honest, didn't know existed, and Beirut was something I didn't know also existed. And just like... I started watching videos on like Vox and BBC about, um, oh, yeah, like the explosions and also how that messed with the government, not only, um, physically, but, um, on an economic scale. And it really jeopardized a lot of how the economy was based as such a huge, um, banking industry. Um, but that's a totally different topic. Um, and it's just kind of insane to watch something that's like the equivalent of a massive bomb just destroy I mean, like a thousand
1: tons of TNT basically a few thousand.
0: Yeah. Like it's just crazy. The amount of
1: damage that it um, did to the entire country itself. So moving forward, August 11th, that was quite a historic day. I mean, I remember that where social media is flooded with Joe Biden's announcement of Senator Kamala Harris as his vice presidential running mate. And I mean, that was mm-hmm. quite extraordinary. Um, I remember how before this, Joe Biden has been promising to select a um, woman of color, but like also think about how crazy it is. I mean, it's the first ever woman and woman of color to be on a presidential ticket.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a significant moment for politics and for our country as a whole. Um... And I'm sure looking forward, it'll be really interesting to see how the two work together, seeing as there was a bit of a feud between the two in the election.
1: Yeah, I remember that. The, um, You know, I was a little girl on the bus, was quite powerful. Moving forward on August 16th, the Death Valley, which, I mean, on its own, it's already a pretty hectic place, but it hit 130 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, of course, that's a result of the fire, but still. It also, I mean, you know, it is the Death Valley, but still mm-hmm. that's the um, highest temperature ever on Earth in nearly a century. I mean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an indicator of
1: how so- this is Something's wrong. I mean, yeah. Something's <laughs> going on. <laughs> so, you know, whenever people are talking about how, like, you know, climate change is doubtful, and I'm like, well, it's, I, I don't know if we can really survive in a temperature. that's It's also
0: we weird to think, like, We have all these scientists and stuff saying the world, if we do not do something about it now and stop emissions, like the world is going to be inhabitable by 2050, 2055 or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, moving forward just a little bit, uh, well, moving forward a lot, but a couple of weeks ago, all major nations like, you know, EU and um, Australia, China, U.S., all announced some sort of plans to be net zero by 2050 uh, or 2030. So I think that's a really, I mean, it's an aggressive policy and aggressive hope, but I think that's, we're moving in the right direction in terms of um, caring about the climate and understanding that it's a, it's a major threat that needs to be understood. And I think one line, I, I think there's a major difference in understanding climate change. I feel like among us Gen Zers, it's more about, well, the earth is literally going to be inhabitable And it's bad, right? Mm -hmm. And for other generations, which I think is a really interesting approach that Biden has brought out is how instead of, you know, in terms of a conversation between fracking in Pennsylvania, he brought out about how new renewable energy could bring good paying jobs. And I thought that was fascinating because I think it's understandable that cutting carbon is going to inevitably hurt economy to some degrees, especially when i you know, at first, mm-hmm. but then like what this opens up is a much bigger opportunity in solar uh, or nuclear or wind or, um, hydro, uh, power. that's going to actually create more jobs and uh, better paying jobs. So I think that's a really good way to approach it for our, for other generations, you know, that don't probably necessarily, um, have that sort of emergency feeling like, oh, well, we're going to all live in hell.
0: Yeah. I think especially there's a lot of smoke and mirrors that go on between the coal and gas companies who are trying to hide all of these, um, the positives of going clean. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the economy and has to do with job loss and stuff like that. But inevitably in order to prevent all of this from happening, like that's a sacrifice you're going to have to make right. one way or another. And, and, Ultimately, it'll probably um, turn out to be a lot better in the long run, not only for everyone, but for the economy, for everything.
1: And I think it's kind of funny because, like, um, you know, I've heard a lot of arguments from people that don't necessarily support climate change. And uh, a lot of those people tend to care a lot about national debt. And then it would just be like, would you really want to leave all that much debt for our grandchildren? And I think the counter argument here would be, would you really want your grandchildren to live in a place that's 130 degrees? But mm. <laughs> I mean, of course, it's not going to be necessarily that bad, but but I think um, there definitely needs to be some sort of balance. You know, of course, you know, with our friends and we know the people that tend to be very partisan on issues. So I think it's really important to have a um, a unity where we can understand what's the best way moving forward. And on September eighteenth, I think that was kind of another moment after um, Kamala Harris was picked by the V uh, for the VP that there suddenly was this spurt of conversation um, of female empowerment once again. Um, long-serving Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. Um, I think it was almost expected that you know probably Justice Ginsburg was going to pass away sometime in the next you know a few months um knowing the condition but the fact that it was at the very end of trump's presidency raised a lot of question of how the supreme court's balance is going to go moving forward um so that was really interesting but at the same time uh miss spark well our our librarian miss Barkley, put the book for ruth bader ginsburg Mm -hmm. um and i thought a lot you know that's again one of the moments where people realized um how a significant figure she is
0: yeah i think rbg's passing was an incredibly significant moment um not just for the entire country but for the entire world because of um the courage and um resilience she showed towards all adversity um Before her time on the Supreme Court and even during her time on the Supreme Court when she was elected by uh, Bill Clinton. And I think her ability to be so independent um, and so courageous in a time where women's rights were um, very different from how they are today and how she was able to change so much of how gender norms are perceived and how equal rights are perceived today um, really just speaks to the fact of um, her legacy and how she was able to really define an era for women's advocacy. Uh, one of my favorite quotes for her, from her is, um, my mother told me to be a lady, and for her, that meant be your own person, be
1: independent. And moving forward, on September 27th, I remember that was one of the moments like, oh, COVID wasn't the only thing that's happening when there were um starting this conflict in the nagorno-karabakh region between armenian and azerbaijan forces and that was something that was like wow so you know like things are still happening you know covid wasn't the only thing mm-hmm. um and you know after focusing so much on the us politics suddenly brought my eyes back to um international internationally again and stemming from that conflict the tr- you know tragic scenes and pictures and um people just being displaced because of the war i mean again similar to the beirut explosion really makes you question um the privilege of living in a place that's peaceful and it's stable so that i think that was a big part
0: i definitely think covid if anything has allowed a lot of people to reflect on um
1: yeah give us time to reflect yeah
0: on the privilege and the things they have in life and i think that's very valuable at the same time it gives us a oversight of what we're doing
1: you know, you know one thing that was struck by is how hard it is for kids to survive
0: what do you mean because
1: I, I, I mean i feel like we're here complaining about oh gosh we have so much paper and whatnot and
0: college admission and y- y- well yeah around.
1: that's also hard but but then if you look to those regions, you know, whether it be nagorno Karabakh, where they're literally being kicked out of their own house, or whether it be what just happened a few days ago, where in Nigeria, 300-some kids were abducted by, you know, whether it's they haven't figured out if it's Boko Haram or just local bandits. But either way, the fact that children, I mean, can't even grow up. Where here, we're like, it, it it's it's what you know. I guess it's the like first world problems you would say. Mm-hmm. So, I think as Gen Zers again, when we're talking about things like these, putting it in context of where we are, I think is so important.
0: Then on October second, um, an equally concerning and ironic event happened where Trump tested positive for COVID nineteen.
1: Yeah, like. <laughs> I remember before this, we've just all been talking about, like, oh, uh, well, like, you know, Trump dump, downplaying the virus and think it's not a big deal. Like, oh, what if he got the virus? And he got the virus. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> well, was like when it was ugh. announced
0: and um, we waited a few weeks and heard about his recovery and how he was still greeting fans and um, outside of the hospital and stuff like that. Did you
1: hear where he was going to rip open his dress shirt because there was a Superman <laughs> T-shirt on her? I thought that was kind of hilarious, but also, like, <laughs> what in the world kind of moment. You then know? again, like
0: <laughs> he was saying he came out feeling better than ever and stronger than ever, even it's though. A good,
1: I mean, good for him. If, if yeah. that's the case, <laughs> if that is the case. But <laughs> I at the same get time, COVID too now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if I was being uh, injected with thousands of, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of drugs. Oh,
1: I mean, yeah. 300, K, the cocktail mm-hmm. injectable.
0: Yeah. But, um, I would feel a bit stronger. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I would feel like Captain America at that point. Um, but yeah, very interesting moment for uh politics as well as just watching the sheer um irony of it all from mm-hmm. the beginning of his uh COVID statements to the end. It's just a very fun ride to say the least. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm so glad that he's okay. I yeah. mean that's that's good after all. Definitely would've been
0: interesting to see what would happen if he
1: Oh uh, yeah, I mean that'll be b- yeah. big time. But what happened in October for us though? Um <laughs> Yeah, so basically in October... um, Right after this event, yeah, right after Trump (laughs) tested positive. Right
0: after Trump tested positive, um, Jimmy and I were recording the podcast and we found out um, that his host family had been exposed to COVID. Um, So since he was staying here over the weekend, uh, he was forced to quarantine here. Um, And after those two weeks of quarantine, unfortunately, then my sister tested positive for COVID. Yeah,
1: and I was literally... Like James was in the driveway when I found out we're (laughs) actually recording a podcast then. Yeah. So we were recording a podcast and then we got a text message saying (laughs) Paul's sister tested positive and I already packed everything. I was getting ready to leave. So two more weeks. Two more So at that point it's four weeks, Mm -hmm. but then something
0: else happened, didn't it? Yeah. Then my uh, grandmother got it from, I'm assuming my sister, um,
1: and that's like at the almost end yeah, of the two weeks. At the week end of period. the two weeks,
0: so then you were stuck here once again. So you were basically here a month. I was six. And a half. W-
1: yeah, six weeks. Yeah, by yeah. then.
0: So um, yeah, very chaotic. I guess October through November. Hey, um, that
1: might be the Oct- October surprise for us. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> our October
0: surprise. Um, but yeah, very interesting. At least we got to do a lot for the podcast and finish a lot of college stuff. Oh yeah, 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 that good. is true. But um, speaking of November, um, on November 4th, the U.S. became the first country in the world. Hold to on, succeed. hold on. Before
1: that, we're to we talk about the black. Sh-
0: yeah. So speaking of November, um, on November 3rd, of course, there was the election, the 2020 presidential election.
1: But we're quarantined at the point.
0: Where, where we were quarantined, we're quarantined. yes. Um, and it was a face-off between Biden and Trump. That and was interesting. Uh, through a lot of conflict through mail-in ballots, and um, that uh, threw me off, honestly. Yeah, it was quite a. Because in the beginning, it was Trump um, was looking pretty good. Yeah, he was looking all right to have a second term. Yeah,
1: that. I mean, it went in as being tr- I mean, Biden has a sixty-four percent winning with the Vegas odds, and then from sixty percent went to Trump eighty, Biden twenty mm-hmm. by the end of the night. And my phone was blown up with people who were like, ah, whoa. <laughs> and then the at the same time where people were like, Yes, let's go. And and then, you know, of course, I think that was quite a slow election with I mean, we didn't really know what happened until about seven Probably yeah, five, a week five, or five six days, two yeah.
0: Hours. Yeah, I don't know. Um it was definitely interesting to see how the mail in ballots played out, especially since they were so significant this year in terms oh, yeah. of how it played out in the election and um how controversial it was um in the end but uh now we're sitting with president biden as our uh, president elect president elect biden um to <laughs> be elected <laughs> <laughs> to, to be.
1: um and what do you mean to be elected he's already elected to be
0: presidentified to
1: be presidentified yeah like yeah. that <laughs> to be sworn in president to be sworn into president
0: yeah um It's very interesting to see what he's doing during his last few months of presidency during this lame duck period, as it's um, referred to as. Um, Especially since, as of today, he's announcing waves of pardons. um, Which I think is very interesting that he's doing very last minute um, in terms of the 2020 year. But um, we'll see how that plays out. As So far, we don't know.
1: Which is something I'm looking forward to is... I mean, they've been talking about this for a while of preemptive pardon, Mm. whether he will issue any preemptive pardon for himself or his children, which I think will be interesting if that ever happens. But, you know, it's obviously well within his authority and it's a personal choice that he can make. All right. So, I mean, one day after election, November 4th, the U.S. becomes the first country in the entire world to pass over 100,000 daily cases of COVID-19.
0: And it's because the U.S. loves being number one. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we love oh, to yeah. be on top. Um,
1: <laughs> but, hundred thousand cases—quite. I mean, quite a lot of cases. A hundred thousand daily cases. Da- daily cases. Different. Yeah. I mean, even like, just cases is a hundred thousand cases—a lot of cases, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I just think. I don't know the fact that we've escalated this far, and we've, um, we've saved. That we'd flatten the curve, but now it looks like we've flattened it more vertical than horizontal. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, still flattened. The curve is still flattened, just (laughs) the wrong way. Maybe there's some miscommunication there. Again, success is relative. (laughs) Indeed, 100%. But I just love how back in March, we're all like, oh my gosh, like, whatever, there were like, you know, 10 cases in Williamson County where we shut down schools, shut down restaurants. And now it's like, well, number one, Tennessee is. The number, number one, one hotspot in the world in the <laughs> entire world. <And> I'm <laughs> I mean, very glad to be here. <laughs> I, me too. And I mean, we're just not slightly higher. We're like twice Way as higher, much than yeah. like you know, EU or Britain, which is quite crazy. They have this new strain of virus that supposedly has 70% higher transmission rates. So, he's here to represent <laughs>
0: the for the US. <laughs> we'll, like. see,
1: we'll see how that goes. But, um, I mean, thankfully, with some vaccine coming, which will be our next point of discussion, but before that, that's kind of a my side, though. Paul, you don't watch football, right? Not really. Not a, I hope to be in college, but... Um, oh, right, right. Okay, but even if you don't watch football, when, let, hypothetically, if a team loses all four of their quarterbacks, and they have to use their wide receiver to play quarterback, that's bad, isn't it? I, I wouldn't say that's good <laughs> from an outsider and then, perspective. And that happened. I mean, I just can't believe it. Because it, it all came from the COVID virus um, um, protocols. And they're all, they're actually negative. But, I mean, no, not every one of them. But they were just situationally, um, they were in close contact. So they couldn't play. And the, the Denver Broncos had to use a practice squad wide receiver to play quarterback. Who played quarterback in Wake Forest <laughs> several years ago. Which I was just like, wow, that's, I mean... It's quite crazy.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of adjustments that have been made this year, and I think... Same for us. Yeah. I think with everything that's happening, um, like, to watch all of these events play out and see how the protocols are changing for everyone, it's just interesting to see how they work around it, but um, unfortunately, they were disqualified, so... um, Sucks for them. Yeah.
1: But... Now we're talking about vaccine. So going back to vaccine, December 11th. So that's literally 11 days ago. And I remember that day cuz you were calling me and you're like, "No way." <laughs> but the US Food and Drug Administration, FDA approves the Biontech or and Pfizer vaccine. Mm-hmm. At the same time though, it does have to be <laughs> stored under 70 degrees Celsius, which is quite cold, and um, there are a lot of issues of equity, of distribution, but good thing with Moderna just being approved. Yeah, I was
0: listening to a a healthcare worker talk on a a podcast today about how they're distributing the vaccine and uh, the ethical and logical decisions they've had to make to make this very effective and to reduce the spread overall, how they're distributing to healthcare workers and um, doctors as well as teachers and people who are on the front lines and Um, talking to the most people and working with um, children and the elderly. Um, It's really an interesting system to watch play out, but um, it does bring a lot of hope um, for the end of this year, moving into 2021 um, and knock on wood that um, nothing terrible happens next year. We aren't exposed to a new strain of the virus. Um, Which which we don't know. Which we don't know. And it's going to be... Something else. Which that we happens. can hope. We can hope. We don't know. We don't hope. We, <laughs> we don't, don't hope. hope. That's right. Um, but yeah. And then um, for the final event um, that we have on the docket is December 14th. The Electoral College confirms Joe Biden's victory over President Trump.
1: And that's when Senator Mitch McConnell, one of the more, um, one of the probably the most senior Republican senators, in on Capitol Hill declared pres- declared Joe Biden as the president-elect and uh, made a speech congratulating him. And um, I think that's when we will say that, okay, that's kind of set on stone that this is happening. But at the same time, though, um, when there are over 70% of um, Republicans that don't recognize the legitimacy of the election or they question it, I think it's it's a concerning thing that I think we need to look into. Um, I think that
0: it's very troubling to see. It really is. There's a lot of distrust within the government.
1: And, and I don't think that's... A, I mean, I, I can't blame this all on Republicans either. I, th- I think it's how you brand this whole thing. I, I mean, I think that there's issues that just needs to be fixed. Yeah. That I think it's so partisan that it's almost... It's almost, I mean, predicted that there's going to be distrust in the system. I mean same thing happened in 20, 2016 and probably will in 2020 if uh president trump is reelected. And I think no matter which way it goes, a high trust in the electoral system is more important than ever, especially in a time like this.
0: Yeah. During these all these unprecedented events. Yeah. Um I mean it really through especially with the census, I mean in the middle of all of it, the census, uh, covid, uh the election, all of it really threw the whole government into a kind of a spiral. But um, I think looking back on it, uh, we have done the best that we could, given the circumstances of COVID being um, a virus that has separated us and prevented us from doing a lot of things this year. So I think that moving into 2021, something we can look forward to is um, going back to that Normality.
1: Will we, though? Who knows? Being COVID, the, of course, I mean, undoubtedly, the number one defining thing of 2020. Today, we're sitting at over 18 million cases in America. So that's approximately 6% of Americans have gotten COVID, right? Yeah. And then... Among those over three hundred thousand deaths. And we know a lot of people that I mean, one of the faculty members, our school there two
0: faculty members members now.
1: Two faculty members tested positive. One of their um parent Mm -hmm. passed away from COVID. So we've had
0: schools in our district completely shut down for weeks on end. Our school close to shutting down. Really I mean, Um, we're like
1: two people away from Yeah. Very close. Um masked up I mean I I can't even imagine what's going to be like when we don't have to wear a mask to school yeah
0: it's it's crazy to see like I'm watching all these videos from places like Australia and Sweden and New Zealand and um it's crazy to see that a lot of life is just back to normal for these people and um it's crazy to think that like the other day I saw people um grouping together and I thought it was just weird like it's hard to to watch that and I think uneasy. it's okay yeah, yeah it's like it like in some cases like I'm watching people in Sweden all in like a, that someone was doing a vlog and they were going around and um, at one point they stopped at a bar and like everyone's just um, crowded together sharing drinks all this crap and you're like watching it and you're seeing it and it's like wow like this is what life was before all this
1: and hopefully it'll return to that soon. And most importantly, hopefully in twenty twenty one, we will not be doing Zoom college, <laughs> as we be. will be in college. Yes, uh,
0: that is something to definitely cross our fingers. I mean, for, honestly, but, uh,
1: at this point, I really don't have a senior year. I don't expect to have a senior year, <laughs> but I really do hope to have a freshman year in college. Yeah. Um, but I think I think it's a quite a quite a good year. Thinking back at it, I mean, mm-hmm. um we are Z podcast has hit exactly one year as well yes so
0: it was also hit as of uh four five days ago actually oh yeah december december 17th December was 17th. when we released the first trailer oh, interesting because 2020 VRZ.
1: is also it's a recap of we are z podcast. <laughs> yeah
0: um you know while we're here let's just recap we are z really quick uh
1: Oh wow. Our one of our first I mean,
0: episodes we, where we talked about
1: Snapchat. We talked yeah, and then we really changed from being a closet to an actual studio and mm-hmm. with everything everything <laughs> set up. So and that's uh, that's a huge change. I mean the first quality of our trailer to the quality now of all the equipment that we have access to and Um, I think
0: definitely uh the support of everyone that along the way, like at first we didn't think um we would have grown to such a level, but um immediately we were seeing like hundreds of views per episode and, um, constant support by our peers, um, by family, by close friends. Um, and that was really exciting to see as we grew and kind of adapted to this platform because we've never done anything like this. Like this is our first experiment with a podcast and, um, kind of just exploring how everything works and getting guests and, Um, coming up with episode topics and reaching out to people. Um, We've had some incredible guests, like expert psychologists and Grammy Award winners, famous chefs. It's Um, really
1: a learning process for us, too. mm -hmm.
0: Um, And I think it's been an incredible experience, uh, especially this is our first year doing it. And moving into the second year, um, we definitely have plans to do more stuff. Step further, yep.
1: uh, Even with COVID,
0: like, we planned to do a lot of in person events back in like january and february but the
1: guest mic just was never used actually <laughs> yeah we were supposed
0: to we were going to use more of our we have uh, other mics that we were going to use to talk to people we were going to do a live like q and a where we have um an audience of gen zers and we come up and we just bring someone up and ask them their opinion on stuff and um, that never got to see the light of day. So hopefully next year. Wow, I can't believe that. I yeah. mean,
1: thinking back at it, all our ideas were just basically <laughs> shut down by COVID. Mm-hmm. And I'm, even though all of that happened, I still
0: think we were able to outreach and oh, yeah. talk to a lot of Gen Zers. We've had not only friends of ours, but people that have graduated, um, people we haven't met before. And we were able to talk to them, get their perspective and, um, I think we're really excited to continue into 2020 um, using all of the skills and information we have
1: now and provide better content for you in the future. And while we have guests lined up for early January, uh, we weren't able to set up any guests during the Christmas period, obviously. So we will be out for a little bit, but then our you can expect a new episode around Uh, early January. And that's when we'll be releasing our next episode. Um, And just a little sneak peek, it will be about Gen Z and homelessness. And I think that's something that's especially important for uh, during the COVID situation.
0: Yeah. So um, before we go, of course we wish everyone a Merry Christmas or happy Hanukkah or whatever else you're celebrating during this uh, winter break. And as always, you can find us on our social media at, WRZ Pod or on our website at WRZPod.com uh, for more updates, videos for announcing trailers to episodes, and uh, other content like that that you can't find here on the podcast.
1: And we will see you in 2021.
0: Happy holidays.